0: Folks, before we get started, I gotta mention, yes, I did see that Guy Fieri photo. We'll talk about it next week. And also, gotta mention, we recorded this Monday. I'm having a hell of a week. I didn't get to this until Thursday. We got a ton of stuff to talk about. And how many times will they ask this damn question? I need to know, how many times will they ask this damn question? What a gaff that was. I can't wait to talk about that. We'll be back early next week. Enjoy this episode, and before we get started, please know that BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, for your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Alright, FlayPaniax, enjoy Flop, Folks, it's been a couple weeks. I'm not going to say it's been a while. We've done too much stain. We're not going to do stain this week. It's not going to happen, but it's been a couple weeks since we've had a flight. We didn't record last week because I just had a comedy of errors last week, and that led to further comedies of errors, but guess what? We're good now. We've talked it all out. We're good. We're ready to kick some ass, take some names, all that fun shit. Before we get started, I need to talk about a story. I've been sitting on this for like two weeks, and I have needed to talk about this on the show desperately at this point. Steve, no one wants
1: to hear about what you did to the
0: toilet. uh, The toilet, number one, the toilets in this new house flush incredibly better than the toilets in the old house. Okay. Incredibly better. For some reason,
1: when you said you've been sitting on this for a while, I just imagine you on the toilet.
0: (laughs) Big time shits, let me tell you. Just (laughs) battle shits left and right. No, we, I've mentioned before that uh, we got the fly purr puppy on here, uh, Brucey Flyper boy. Puppy. Who? Bruce! He's, uh, Bruce is a giant pain in the ass, but he is the cutest fucking dog, and I love him. And he has bitten the shit up out of my arm over the past couple weeks, but he's awesome. He's gotten so big already. But when we got Bruce, we went out, we got him a little bit outside of Harrisburg, about an hour outside of Harrisburg. So we stayed in Harrisburg the night before going to get him and pizza boy brewing is near harrisburg very good brewery up in the pennsylvania area and we wanted to check it out it's in a it's in a pizza place so we went and got some pizza and some beer and that's all you really need in life right that's all the best stuff right there
1: that i mean what else i mean listen pizza beer that's the that's honestly what makes the human okay i don't know if this is true or not because I've, see, I've seen conflicting reports of, like, humanity. Like, now this is the first time in history where, like, the kids are not going to outlive their parents. But I heard opposite views. And I think if that's true, then that's because the pizza and beer that we're all consuming.
0: Mm, that's very true. It could be the case. But it, it, listen, I'm going to eat all the pizza and beer that I can. As you should. On this planet. As I'm you should. Happen. That might be. I think that's going to be my dinner tonight. But we had a great time with Pizza yeah. It was awesome. And then... The, the end of the evening was hilarious so we went up and they had this like mixed case deal so we got a bunch of beers and we're going around looking and while we're looking i hear a commotion over at the bar and i look over and there's some like really tall lanky dude getting into it with a bearded guy who's sitting at the bar and he's calling him a you know language here folks let me tell you but he's calling him a pussy and he's saying he won't fight him and he's saying he should go fight him and one of the bartenders comes out it's like you gotta go man you gotta go so he kicks him out okay and everything's calm for a few minutes and then while i'm waiting to check out another one of the bartenders gets a call at the bar and he picks up the phone and he (laughs) starts talking to some guy and he goes no, I'm not going to send him out to the parking lot to fight you. <laughs> the fucking guy got kicked out of the bar, went to the parking lot, stewed for a few minutes, and then called up the bar to the man they send the other guy out to fight. I have never, ever seen this ballsy move in my life. Like, what the fuck?
1: I feel like normally if you get kicked out of the bar and you want to fight the person who was inside the bar still, I feel like normally the person who got thrown out just goes into a drunken rage and rhinoceroses themselves back into the bar and just fights. Right. Like, that's honestly kind of polite of them to call the bar and be like, hello, yes, uh, the man in the blue baseball hat or whatever the fuck he was wearing, can you uh, tell him to please come outside? I would like to have a word with him.
0: That's just the polite society of Harrisburg right there.
1: I mean, listen, there's not a better city in the world than Harrisburg. Like...
0: (laughs) State capital, baby. That's what it's all not about. Even,
1: not even Trenton, New Jersey is better than Harrisburg.
0: Well, and as they say, Trenton makes and the world takes. That's what it is, Steve. That's what it is. It's on the bridge. How can they, a bridge doesn't lie. Yeah, no. It <laughs> what bridge has ever lied? No bridge has ever lied in history. That's for sure. Name one but,
1: bridge that has told you a lie.
0: I can't think of one. Not a one. Let me tell you. It's amazing. But I, I've never seen this move. This was a hell of a move to call up and say, send that guy out to fight me. Like, that's a real, like, uh, just call it like <laughs> Rocky calling out Drago yeah. moment right
1: Just there. stand outside the bar and yell for him to come out. Eventually, he'll I hear I think you. he
0: tried and nobody could hear him. Oh, everyone just blocked I don't him know out. that. I don't know that. I, I just saw him get kicked out after challenging the guy to a fight and then going up. Make it. I saw the call come in. I was like, "Holy shit!" It's the guy, and I started cracking up right there. And then we left, and the two bartenders had to go out and like basically like circle the parking lot looking for him and preparing to call the cops at any moment.
1: I have never. I haven't been in a fight as an adult before. Um, but like I think the last time I got into a fight, I was probably in like ninth grade or something, and it was like against that's, one that's of my. Appropriate it was against one of my best friends. So it wasn't even a real fight. Like, we just had a disagreement and we, like, slapped each other or some shit. Um, but, like... <laughs> you a slap fight? Yeah, like, fucking Alexander Semen. That's pretty much what it was.
0: There you go. Or, like, a Brayden Shen, like, rabbit punch. Yes,
1: exactly. Um, but, like, I want to get... I, like, I do. I don't. But I kind of do want to get into a bar fight so bad. <laughs> it just seems fun. Like... I don't know, there's like fucking tables and shit knocking stuff over.
0: You want to get into like a classic nineteen eighties bar bar fight right there, like roadhouse style.
1: Yeah, yeah, like I want there to be sound effects when we hit each other. Like I want it to be like that. Like psh.
0: the exaggerated punch, like Yeah, yeah like psh. and then when someone yeah.
1: falls over, just like, you know, a thud. Boom.
0: Or maybe more of an old West one. Because I feel like the 1980s ones, while very fun on film, somebody gets stabbed. Nine times out of 10. Yeah, that's true. It almost always ends in a stabbing. But the old West ones has a lot of guys like getting thrown through like windows and not getting hurt and like getting thrown into tables. And then like the the, the brothel goes like, oh, my. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what happens every time. Yeah. And then somebody's playing the piano the whole damn time. Yeah.
1: Benny Hill's playing in the background, either the piano or the saxophone. That's just kind of how it goes. I would
0: say it's always that like... Like it's going on in the background. The player piano going the whole time. High key,
1: one of my favorite fight scenes from a movie is from The Departed when he... I can't even remember. They're in like this teeny tiny little like deli it looks like. And this guy's like talking trash to Leo. Or Matt... Leo. He's talking to Leo. And Leo just like starts... He just starts wailing on these two dudes, and he oh, just kills. Oh, a great! Them. Scene. And in the background, it's just like ba da
0: <laughs> It's like yeah, it's like fun. oh no, that that's a killer scene. I yeah. love that scene in The Departed. And is that the one afterwards where, uh, is it? Mister French comes up and he goes like, "That's almost a guy you can't hit." And that's not, or it basically says like, "That's not quite a guy you can't hit, but that's almost a guy you can't hit." So you got to be careful.
1: That's not the one, because the, oh, the one, okay. the one that happened. Was dur- It was like during the that's day. That's where he
0: smashes the guy with the pint glass, right? I think, yes.
1: So when they're at the bar, he smashes him with a glass. But when they're in this deli thing, he like beats the shit out oh, of the, the guy. Oh, the deli.
0: Yeah, no, I remember the deli. Yeah, though, he, beats the he beats the guy with like the, the coat, coat hanger. Yeah, or whatever that was. Yeah. So, no, that's great. Yes. I love that yes. scene. You know, Marty Scorsese knows a thing or two about film and violence. He, does.
1: he sure does, Steve. He
0: sure does. He sure does. So we got a lot of things to get to and not a ton of time because uh work is absolutely destroying me this week, but we're gonna get to as much of it as we can. And the first thing we need to start off with is the Flyers New Jerseys, the new era of Orange. Unbelievable that it's been like three weeks and we haven't. I can't believe about we
1: them. forgot. We literally there was so much shit. We didn't happening. forget we the didn't have time episode, we just forgot. To talk about, about the uniform. We didn't have
0: a lot of time, you know, like it, it just is what it is. We didn't have time. We, I, I, ha- I'm a Jersey fanatic. I am a uniform fanatic. Absolutely need to talk about this. And I need to start this off with a, uh, to paraphrase the great scholar, AJ Soprano here. What? No fucking piping. <laughs> no piping. Where's the piping? No yet? piping. How are you assholes going to bring back the 1980s 1990s style flyers jerseys with the orange and everything and you don't bring back the piping it's great contrast it's a dividing line between the orange and the white it's perfection why wouldn't you bring it back okay you bastard? so
1: steve according to the team this this actually is not a throwback to the 90s and 80s it is a throwback to the 90s 80s 70s 60s and 2000s <sighs> It's a they mashed up all of it to make one. I can kind of
0: tell that they did that, but I don't like it because you gave me almost something that I truly love, and you did enough to not make me love it. (laughs) It's like, why are why do the flyers always do this? Why do they go like 90% of the way towards something good and say, "Mm, let's pull back something good here? It's almost perfect. It's good. It's a good jersey. I wish I it was liked better. It. And I think the reason I'm dissatisfied so much is because I want it to be the perfect jersey. I like that they kept the nameplate. I like the nameplates. I think the nameplates have always been cool. It's a very unique Flyers thing at this point. Uh, I hate, hate the sleeve numbers. The sleeve numbers are atrocious.
1: That's the one thing I don't like.
0: And I, you know the what? The shade of orange is good. The sleeves are okay. Like, I wish they had the little stripe above them, but... I'm okay with it not being there.
1: I think the I think the shoulder numbers are sl- like I'm getting used to them. I'm not I'm never going to like them, but right. I'm like but getting so used. Cheap. To them. The, yeah, it just looks weird when it's like that solid number number and it's like, dude, just like put the black trim around it. And
0: if it's Put the black trim around it. It makes a world of difference.
1: Yeah. I I don't understand why they chose took that route. I would not have done that but it's, but you know what? Like after a while, like, I feel like this is the same thing that happened when the flyers introduced the nameplates. I feel like at first people like, what the hell is that? And now everyone loves nameplates. Like I feel maybe not everyone, but like a lot of people love the nameplates. Cause the
0: nameplates are kind of iconic for the flyers at this point.
1: Yeah. It's like very flyers. It's only, no other team does it except for the flyers. And I think that's kind of cool.
0: I think it's very cool. I, I, and every time somebody else tries to do it you're like oh they're doing the flyers thing, right
1: like i wouldn't have been heartbroken if they got rid of the nameplate for this uniform like i wouldn't have been heartbroken at all but i'm not annoyed that they kept it um but yeah those those sleeve shoulder numbers definitely could have been better and i think i got it i just i know i'm gonna get used to it and i'm gonna end up being like hey, it's fine but like
0: Yeah, and I like it. I've liked their look for the past, like, decade, except, you know, the creamsicle got a little old there. Uh, I don't understand why we still have those black jerseys around, and I know they have their defenders. We have a couple in the slack that really, really love them, and I'll give them this. The front of the black jersey is fine. All of the problems on the black jersey are on the back, every last one of them, because you can't read those goddamn numbers to save your life.
1: That jersey looks like my girlfriend's old high school's hockey team. Like, they look bad. I don't like them at all. I, in here's another thing like, those uniforms don't even have the new orange in it. So, no. I, I think <laughs> no, the picture looks so stupid. They're literally, they have to just be like using this for like one more year as the alternate because, God forbid, you just don't wear an alternate. So, I think, God forbid, I think they're just going to use this. For one more year as an alternate, and then, like, maybe next year, the year after, or something, they'll introduce like a truly redesigned third jersey that'll be black.
0: Once Fanatics introduces their like paper jerseys that they're gonna wear,
1: yeah, that's right. God damn it.
0: God damn it. I, you know, Michael Rubin over there is having every celebrity in the world come to his house for parties, but he can't afford any quality fabrics or you know, to actually type a name right on his fucking jerseys. Oh disgusting and this podcast brought to you by fanatics (laughs) that's right one thing i all
1: right one back to the the sleeve shoulder numbers or whatever one thing i'll say about that is like i kind of like that and honestly this isn't even so much about the the numbers it's more on the sleeve that goes down the arm i'm glad they're like fully encased with the stripe that goes down the arm because, like, the last uniforms, like, Claude Giroux, like, the 28 on his arm, would, like, slightly, like, encroach outside of the sleeve stripe. And that bothered me a lot. Like, any number. That was something I found cool
0: for, like, a couple years. But then, yeah, yeah it has it, got kind of old.
1: After a while, it's just, like, any number, any player with a two-digit number, their number would bleed out of the arm sleeve. And I was like, that just looks dumb. Like I'm glad that it's fully like in there now.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I liked it a little bit, but like I think I prefer it to be just kind of norm core. Norm core, norm core, right in the middle. Okay. It color within the lines. Yeah. But I miss the piping. Now listen, I I understand what that what they're saying that it's a a real amalgam, and whatever the piping looked cool. I always loved the piping. Bring back the piping.
1: The lack of piping doesn't bother me, but I certainly I was hoping for it.
0: Yeah, I just wanted to be my I just wanted to be my childhood jersey. Is that yeah. too much to ask for?
1: <laughs> I don't. Know, what would you rate this these new uniforms out of ten?
0: Uh I'd probably give it like an eight. I'd give it a seven yeah, think, and a half. Yeah, seven and a half, eight around there. Just because, like, I feel like if I didn't have my expectations. It would be one thing, but I had my expectations. It did not live up to my expectations. I do think they're, they're good though. They're definitely, you know, I think they're an improvement They're It's nice to have that more burnt orange back. It's very cool. And as with any Jersey, you gotta see them on the ice before you make. Yes.
1: I was just about to say like, right now they are seven, 7.5 for me. I think they become an eight, five when I see them on the ice, because I feel like they're going to look way better on the ice than they look in these still photos.
0: Yeah. And with hockey jerseys, that's almost always the case. And like, if you look at the one from last year, the reverse retro, they did that looked pretty terrible on the ice. It actually, I think looked worse on the ice than it did in the initial preview photos. So like, you know, it can go the other way. I very much doubt this one's going to go the other way, but we'll, we will certainly see in a couple of months. At this point, we're you know we're in the middle of summer, folks. It's not close to hockey season. Yeah,
1: no, Luckily, but that
0: gives us plenty of time for the Flyers to sign a bunch of nobodies and continue to really just build this whatever roster that Danny Briere is building. And I'm totally cool with it. Listen,
1: Steve, they are not signing a bunch of nobodies. They signed a Stanley Cup defenseman he played in the Stanley Cup final
0: Steve and Danny Breer can't believe he wanted to come here of all places
1: bad things happen in Philadelphia Steve
0: they do and I don't think Mark Stahl would be happy to hear that but (laughs) Mark Stahl is a Philadelphia Flyer and certainly he has a beard to match the team theme right there and it's a replacement for Jake Voracek's beard but without any of the fun yeah
1: Yeah, Mark Stahl (laughs) is definitely not the kind of player who's going to excite
0: anybody. But I'll say this about
1: Mark Stahl. He is – I do think he is a useful addition because for a couple of reasons. It's not like – I know he didn't exactly play well in the playoffs this past – like he was one of – he was on the ice – I can't remember what it was. He was like – he was towards the top of the list in the playoffs in terms of goals against while he was on the ice. So that's not great, but he has been around a while. He's played in the NHL for 16 seasons. he has been around a while. Um, he's been in the NHL for 16 seasons. Um, he's been to two Stanley cup finals. Clearly he's, he's not so bad a player where, um, he actively hurts teams. Um, one could argue that that was the case in the playoffs, but they made it all the way to the Stanley cup final. So apparently it didn't hurt them that much. Um, and he has a ton of experience and this is a flyers team that had they not brought in Mark Stahl, without Ivan Provorov, without Justin Braun, without Tony D'Angelo. I know Tony D'Angelo still hasn't been traded yet, but it, it sounds like he's going to Carolina. It's just a matter of when, not if, um, the most tenured defenseman in terms of games games played on the Flyers would be, I believe, Travis Sanheim. <laughs> he cannot funny. be. He cannot be the most experienced defenseman on the team. They had to bring in someone with more NHL experience, and they did. They brought in Mark Stahl, who has over, I think, eleven hundred games played, um, and he knows. John Tortorella. He spent five seasons playing for John Tortorella with the Rangers.
0: So this it'll hundred percent thrown towards a bone.
1: Yeah, yes, it is. But also, like, this could be good for some of the younger defensemen coming up. Cam York, Igor Zamula, possibly uh Emil Andre, because these guys have not really gotten the full John Tortorella experience yet. And it'll be good to have someone who has been in the thick of John Tortorella coach teams. To kind of be around and say, like, hey, like, Torts is being – he's being a jerk right now, I know. But, like, if you do this at practice tomorrow and you work on this, you'll be fine. Like, I'll stay after practice with you. Like, that's kind of like the vibe I get from Mark Stahl. He sounds – he an interesting
0: angle I hadn't thought of.
1: Yeah. Like, he seems to me like someone who knows Torts, who knows how to do well in Torts' system. And he will be able to kind of, like, show the kids the ropes on how to perform well and kind of win – John Tortorella over I don't know if like I don't know how much of that is the reason he was signed it literally could just be as simple as John Tortorella and wanted Mark Stahl but that is an added benefit of Mark Stahl being on the team is the veteran presence and his history with John Tortorella and just all of the amount of games he's played in the NHL clearly he has um, there there's clearly something he can teach some of these younger players
0: it's 100% a tort's higher right here i mean not even a question it's just like i need an adult in the room with me
1: (laughs) which good like they do (laughs) they do need an adult in the room
0: i'm i'm not a big fan of this adult uh for both his refusal to wear certain jerseys that apparently you can't wear in the nhl at all now yeah now we're not allowed to the the nhl just said oh you know what nobody can have the jerseys great decision gary let me tell you Really ballsy move from Gary right there. We can trash Gary again because we didn't get Connor Bedard. Yeah, so Connor Bedard is not a flyer. A so, yeah. Gary, you're not tall. You're not handsome. Uh, but, you know, Stahl, I'm not a huge fan of the player. I'm not. He's ugly. Man, but it doesn't matter because he makes, like, what, a million dollars and he's here for a year? Like, who cares? I believe
1: he makes $1.1 1. 1 For one year. He's getting traded at the deadline, probably. That's the thing. Like, this is this definitely screams, like, we brought him in, and, like, they're going to just trade him at the deadline. Because, like, let's be real. The Flyers aren't going to the playoffs. They're going to be selling at the deadline. And, like, look at some of these players they brought in. Like, they have a lot of players on one-year deals right now. And I don't think that's a coincidence. I think they're going to try and sell all their, like, pending UFAs at the trade deadline. And, like, who do we got? We got Mark Stahl we got this is a
0: great time to talk about one of my least favorite names to pronounce and not to pronounce, but to just say in hockey and that's Garnet Hathaway. It's just an unpleasant yeah. name to come out of the mouth. It just does not flow. Well, Hathaway's on a two year deal. Oh, so he's not, cares. yeah. I mean, they can still trade him, but he's Warm on a two-year body, deal. baby. One yeah. body. You need, well, especially he's going to be a bottom six guy, a bottom three guy, really. Yeah. And, you got to have some guys down there, and I'd much rather have him down there, and then you can play some of the kids up in the in the top nine, you know what yeah. I mean? And he's, like, exactly the
1: type of player that, like, Flyers fans are going to like. Because, like, he's he's the kind of guy the Flyers should have gone after instead of going after Nick Deloria Because, like, Garnett Hathaway actually, like, can do some stuff, um, whereas Nick DeLaurier... I I'll just never forget Nick Nick Delorier can
0: punch people in the face. That's pretty much it. Yeah, but
1: so can Garnett Hathaway. And he spits. He spits.
0: Ew. (laughs) Hell yeah. We need some spitters on this team. I don't know about that. I'm not (laughs) a big fan of the spitting. (laughs) We need some spitters. uh, Here's the thing a two-year deal is pretty much the max you should be giving a guy like this instead of DeLoria in his four year special as presidential term.
1: In his modified no trade clause. crazy i mean
0: i guess i guess it could be also the ryan reeves deal thankfully the flyers didn't sign that. okay all right so i'm i have not
1: all i know is that ryan reeves signed with the leafs i don't know the term so let me look at this right now in real time where's ryan reeves oh so it's okay so three years honestly ryan reeves is the type of player wow he's 36
0: exactly you don't sign a 36 year old uh goon to a three-year deal that's insane
1: yeah it's wild
0: like i mean he's a great culture guy i've heard he the good things about ryan reeves and he is a tough motherfucker they loved him
1: in las vegas like you want to tell like you know how like in like for the longest time and one could argue still now although i i don't quite just agree with it now but but back when the golden knights were like you know two or three years old, they really didn't have that one like star player. And if you walk around Las Vegas, like (laughs) I'm willing to bet there were more Ryan Reeves jerseys than any other player. Like people love Ryan Reeves and it's easy to see like he, everyone loved him in the locker room. He was, he's just fun. He's a fun dude. Um, and, people uh, love a
0: heart and soul guy who beats the shit out of people. I yeah. mean, that's just every Wayne Simmons. Fan base, really. Wayne Simmons. Uh, even looking at guys not nearly as talented as Wayne Simmons, I mean, how many fucking Zach Ronaldo jerseys have you seen over the years? Yeah, I know.
1: Like, God, it's amazing that we don't see more Tyrell Goldborn uniforms.
0: Yeah, he had such an impact. Big impact. Big, big impact from Goldbor there. So Garnett Hathaway was one of the signings, and then I'm looking at the death chart now. Ryan Poling is the pronunciation there? Uh, pa- I really thought about that. Paling. Ryan Paling. okay. Yeah. Paling.
1: So, yeah. He's – like, Ryan Paling. – all right. So <laughs> I remember uh, Bill made, like, this prediction one year where he was saying, like, Ryan Paling is going to win the Calder or something because, like – Ryan Paling in his first ever NHL game, his NHL debut when he was a member of the Canadians, he scored a hat trick in his first game. And he scored the shootout winner to win the game against the Toronto Maple Leafs back in, I think, 2019. Um, So, like, that's pretty cool. It's just unfortunate because, like, (laughs) he had a lot of people's hopes get really high. And he's just not that kind of player, like... He might never, ever get a hat trick ever again in his career. but no, um, no. He's very much like a solid fourth-line player. Like, he can play, and he's someone that they might be able to flip somewhere at the trade deadline. Um, you know, like, I don't know. it's he's, he's a good guy to have around. He's, like, got something to prove. And, like, I think the Flyers are kind of banking on, like, oh, well, he's, like, kind of a high upside, very, very, you know, th- there's no risk in him at all. Let's bring him in. Let's see what he can do.
0: Yeah, I'll take on projects. I will take on like short term who gives a shit deals because the next year or two is just, it's not going to be good times for the Flyers. It's They're not going to win. So we might as well just sign a bunch of scrubs and projects and see what happens. Yeah, no, and th- this is the time to do it.
1: Like there's no, re- this is why they felt comfortable getting Mat- gave, or, uh, drafting Matvei Mishkov in the first round. Like they know that the next couple of years are going to be rough and they're just accepting of it because right now they know their job is like, Hey, let's get, let's do some experimenting. Let's like try and figure something out. And like, if we find some diamonds in the rough, hell yeah, we got something to look forward to when we are good in like two or three years. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, this is the time to be doing these experimental things and I, I like the Ryan Paling signing. I like the... I, I'm not against Garnett Hathaway. Um, I mean, why not? Go for it.
0: Why not? Who gives a shit? Eat Arby's. It doesn't matter with yeah. this team right now. What does matter are guys like Cam York and Noah Cates, who signed bridge deals today. And I know we're all kind of a little disappointed that the Flyers didn't lock them down to yeah. some longer-term deals at lower cap hits, but very smart on both of these guys to sign short term deals, because that's knowing your value. And that's knowing that you are going to have a chance to renegotiate for much bigger bucks in a couple years.
1: Yeah. Cates avoided arbitration. I, I, there's there. I did not think they were going to make it to arbitration. And of course they did not. Cates. Um, he's an interesting guy because for him, I think he got more than people were expecting. He would. Cause he's at, Two point six two five million. I
0: probably would have expected two max, and even that would be pushing it. Like, yeah, he what Cam York got is what I. Ex- I actually would have flip flopped Cates and York as far as the cap. Yeah, I know, goes here. yeah, but I get. I think for for Cates is like he was just
1: so good defensively, and he turned out to be really good offensively. Well, not really good, but he turned out to be very serviceable offensively as well.
0: He was a Tort's favorite.
1: Torts love – I swear to God, I think – I really think Noah Cates is Tortorella's favorite player on this team. Like, maybe more – maybe not more than Cam Atkinson, but we haven't seen Cam Atkinson on the Flyers with Torts, so I don't know. But, like, he loves Noah Cates, and I just – it makes you wonder like how much did Noah Cates use that in the negotiation? Like, well, torts loves me. And he says, I'm going to be a star <laughs> one day. Like, cause torts said that shit. He was like, he's going to be a real player in this league. And, um, I, I think he will be too. So I don't hate the cap hit. Cause again, w- what's it matter the next couple of years, whatever. Yeah. If he, if these two years go by and Cates is incredible, then okay. Resign him, give him what he deserves to, like, whatever. Um, But yeah, I definitely would have thought Cam York would have gotten more, but I guess he doesn't bring that kind of, I wouldn't quite call him the two-way menace that Noah Cates is.
0: Oh, for sure. For sure. And I think given also, I don't know, I would have thought Cam York would have a little bit more leverage. Than Kate's because the Flyers' defense is so thin, right? And you know York is going to be playing in the top four because who else? Yes, is there's the no one play else in the top
1: four. <laughs> Literally no one else. Like he has like, to be
0: playing in the top four. And plus, Sandheim obviously, is going to be up there because he has to be. Yeah, especially because they didn't trade him before the deadline. But like, you know York's going to be up there, and York is probably going to be a top pairing guy at some point this season, if not most of the season.
1: And he's probably going to run the top power play unit because Tony D'Angelo is not going to be around. It's- We think, we think he's not, we, we we, we don't know what's going on.
0: We don't know what's going on. We all assumed. So I guess to, to slightly recap the D'Angelo situation, TDA was supposed to be traded at some point. There was apparently a deal in place for the Flyers and Hurricanes to trade after the league said that this time is a sufficient time to say it's not tampering or whatever, or cap,
1: cap circumvention.
0: Yeah. Circumvention. That's it. And it's so fucking arbitrary, it's ridiculous. But the NHL said, this you know, was sometime this weekend was the time where the deal could legally go through and then the deal did not get executed and we're all just sitting here waiting for it to finalize because, you know, we don't need that anymore.
1: We do not need TDA anymore. Like, it was the worst power play in the league. How much was he helping this power play? Like, yeah, he's good on the power play, but like... What did he do to improve the power play? Clearly, nothing because the power play got worse. So, um, yeah, I, this is this is no or not Noah Case. Uh, well, I guess Noah Case, but this is Cam York's kind of year. I think they're just kind of saying, "All right, kid, get out there and do what you can do," you know. But yeah, Cam York is like this is a big this is, next year is going to be a big season for him, and I think he is. I think he's ready. I think he's ready to take on a bigger role. I think it'll be beneficial for him to play with. I don't know who he's going to be paired with. That's going to really be tough. But um, I think he's ready for it. And you know what? Let, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens with Cam York. It's, uh, we know that Noah Cates has the potential to be very good. We still need to see a little bit more from York. And um, I do think with him being on the top power play, I, I assume he's going to be on the top power play. We'll start to see his numbers kind of bump up a little bit, which is great. Love to see that.
0: Love to see that big season for those guys. I am excited to see what they can bring, especially York. I think York is a, a guy with huge potential. Yeah, Cates I like a lot, but I feel like he's more of a middle six guy ultimately, and that's probably where the ceiling lies. But hey, who knows? I mean, which is good. He's going to get a lot of playing time over the next couple of years.
1: You need players who are good middle six players. Like if he ends up being like uh, like a serviceable two C, like a. Good to see I'll be over the moon about that.
0: Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Now, looking a few years from now, they we didn't talk about the rest of the draft picks. We really just talked about Matvey Mishkov for a long time and a little bit about little baby Bonk over there, little baby Bonky. Mark but, Donk. Mark Donk. No. His name his father's name is Radic Bonk. It's an unbelievable name in NHL history. How can yeah. we just uh not talk about how great that name is? But we talked about those guys a little bit. We didn't really talk about the the rest of the draft picks, and there were quite a few of them. Any guys really stick out to you in particular? I mean, I'm pretty fucking stupid when it comes to the draft, I'm going to admit, but uh, I have done my research on broadstreethockey.com to the best uh, of my ability. I do love that they drafted Mike Knubel's kid. Oh, Cole Knubel. Uh, like, are we... Uh, they really are just
1: going full on... Like, let's just bring in all the former Flyers. And if we can't bring in all the former Flyers, bring in the former Flyers kids.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, it it is, the nepotism does not stop on this team. The orange and black nepotism has no stopping point. It's kind of hilarious, but also kind of a sick joke at times. But at the same time, you know what? It brings a smile to my face. I I always was a big Mike Knubel fan. We'll see what his kid can bring to the table. That was a big yeah. name. I mean, they drafted a guy named Barky, which is hilarious to me. I this was the amount
1: of like wildly hilarious names on this flyer, like in the pipeline right now for the Flyers is hilarious. We got Bump, Barky, uh, Bonk. Uh, who else? I saw a lot of people
0: talking. That? I think it was based on Charlie's tweet talking about Brink. Uh, Bonk and bump, over Brink. Yeah, Brink. <laughs> were they all playing together at one point? I think they were. I'm not sure. Just but, um, sound effects from 1966 Batman.
1: They're cartoon here. names. Those are cartoon ass names. But um, I'll tell you what. One of the players I like a lot is uh, their second round pick because they traded up to they traded up to get them. Uh, Car Con- Con- Excuse me, not Connor. Carson Bjarnason, goalie from the WHL, from the Brandon Wheat Kings. Love that the Brandon Wheat Kings are still coming to the Flyers. Um, he was sleep the top... well, you kings of wheat. <laughs> he was the top ranked uh, NHL, um, the top ranked goalie according to NHL Central Scouting uh, in North America. Top ranked North American goalie according to NHL central scouting. So that's cool. Um, his numbers weren't exactly spectacular last season. Um, I don't think this is a particularly strong goalie class in terms of Canadian North American goalies, but, um, Bjarnason's, he's an interesting guy. Um, and I believe he tweeted a photo of him with, uh, Scott Hartnell when he was like a kid. So that's kind of, I think
0: I saw that, but I didn't, connect who it was yeah
1: so he's got like that apparently he liked scotty hartnell so that's pretty cool um but yeah i like that and then what i found interesting was like just a few picks later they got igor uh zavrigan i think is how you pronounce it who's another Very goalie good. from russia so it's like f- flies are not afraid of russian goalies right now and even oh, which though they have every, hilarious
0: considering their current history, they have
1: every right to be concerned to draft a Russian goalie. Just but um, run for the hills, guys! Yeah, we, they double dipped in goalie on back to back picks, and it makes you wonder. Like, wow, they're really really gearing up that goalie uh, that goalie pipeline. But honestly, right now, like when you think about it, they have the amount of goalies they have in this system, this pipeline right now is crazy because you got. We just talked about him. We got uh, Zavrigan. I
0: know I'm pr- pronouncing that wrong. Uh, Bjarnason. I, I have no clue, man. Like, and every time I think I have a clue, I'm completely wrong. So, you know, I think well, I for try. me,
1: the flyer they just have so many. And then you. Got oh, say- I was saying with
0: pronunciations, but yes. Oh, uh, okay. I well, goalies are also voodoo. So, well, goalies are a complete crapshoot. So, and this was one of the things that. I'll actually give Rod Hextall for. He kind of drafted one of every type of goalie to see what would work out. Yeah. No, he did.
1: And it, it so far, Connor Hart, Carter Hart's been great. But like with the Flyers, they have like these two new goalies. They already have Sam Erson. I, technically, they have Fedotov, but like they really don't. No,
0: the, he's been conscripted. We're never going to see him again.
1: Alexei Kolosov is a, apparently, they're very high on him. Um, and he's put up some pretty, pretty impressive numbers in the KHL as a 21 year old. Um, so you love to see that he just signed his entry level contract and it sounds like he's, it sounds, all right. So he is playing the 2023, 24 season in Russia. What happens after that? You can, uh, it, it, one could believe that he'll come over to the United States, but we don't know that yet. I don't think. So he's still a little bit of a mystery box, but hey, he's under contract, so it's all right. Um, so yeah, I don't know. like they it seems like they just have a lot of good goalies. like it, uh, let me rephrase, they don't have like good goalies, but they have intriguing high-end goalie prospects right now. And that's exciting because this is clearly something that they lacked for many, many, many years.
0: Right, right. And just, you just got to build the pipeline in any way you can. And let's just get some warm bodies down there. Let's get some talent down there. I'm all about it. Yeah. No, it's great. Big fan of that. Oh, also, speaking of,
1: uh, I actually wanted to bring up one more prospect that they got who um, I think is, let's be real, it's a seventh round pick. I don't think he's going to end up making that much of an impact in the NHL. But Mateo Mann is enormous he is six foot five 225 point or pounds Steve can you guess how many points he got in 45 games last
0: season in the QMJHL oh this is either going to be like two points or like 200 points so I'm going to go with two points
1: you got five points
0: there we go okay (laughs) 45 guys like that it works out one way or the other like they either just destroyed Or they didn't do jack shit, so we're falling on the jack shit side of the scale here. Apparently, I watched a video. um,
1: Mateo Mann is a big fan of charcuterie.
0: Oh, okay. He he makes makes his his own. Fancy cheeses and the cured meats and such. He's a big big charcuterie guy. Charcuterie. Charcuterie, however you say it. Charcuterie. You want to so, talk yeah. about pronunciations. That's no. It's I only pronounced it right because I was thinking about it very hard there. Like, that is a word that nine times out of ten, I will fuck up coming out of my mouth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Charcuterie. How Charcuterie. About that? Mateo Man. That is a big mamma jamma over there. Yeah. He is quite large.
1: And he's Too only, much, man. He's 18 years old. 6'5". 225. He might, so he might actually grow a little bit. He literally might grow another inch. That's, and gain like five more pounds.
0: That's crazy. That's crazy. But we'll I, we'll see if that actually happens. And we'll see if he learns to play hockey. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> on, honestly, many, yeah. How many well, big guys guys we've seen come in, they're like, oh, yeah, I'll just learn
0: how to play hockey. He's let's rephrase
1: that. Maybe he just needs to learn how to do offense. Well, I feel like it. at that that's size, easy. I'm sure he takes up plenty of space on, on the ice and he's like hard to get around. But like offensively he clearly just sucks so like maybe <laughs> maybe at some point he'll and this isn't to say he's a bad player we don't know we gotta see him do some stuff but like yeah it'll be he's definitely i think he will admit he needs to it would be good if he got a little more offensively involved
0: do you remember when the flyers tried samuel moran in offense how can i forget he scored. It's an easy thing to forget. He did score. That that is true, but it, it is a thing that you can forget with all the shit show stuff that has happened over the past few years with this franchise. But it, it's something that I just remembered because you're talking about a big man having Actually, trouble real, offensively.
1: Real quick, I just want to bring this is kind of like a a random plug, but like or not plug, but I remember the Vegas Golden Knights also did the same thing with John Merrill defenseman John Merrill they played him at forward and his very first game I think it was his only game where they played him forward maybe he did like a couple more but um his very first game at forward he scored a goal he was like out in the net front and he scored a goal who did he score that goal against
0: Steve Ooh, I have no earthly idea the Philadelphia Flyers of course of course it was the Philadelphia Hockey Flyers it always is it's just funny that like
1: the Flyers are so like known for taking defensemen and just putting them at forward. Just like, oh, let's try it out. Let's, let's just it.
0: try it out. Why not?
1: And then the Golden Knights do it once and it immediately works. <laughs> like I don't know. They did it with Mark Friedman. That went horribly. And they did it with Sam Moran. He's no longer. Oh, in the I league. forgot
0: about the Friedman one. That was not good at all. And then everybody would always yell, like, oh, they just put Gostasper forward. Yeah. Oh my Mark god, I know. Free. Yeah, no, that didn't work. New Detroit Red Wing, Shane Goss Bear. I miss that man. I miss that man, too. I like the ghost shimmy. I miss the ghost shimmy. And, you know, he's just a fun hockey player to have on your team. Detroit's had a weird offseason. They have. They're doing a lot of stuff. Like, is it good? I can't
1: tell. That's the thing. Like, so Tyler Bertuzzi's gone. He got
0: traded at the trade deadline. And then he... Signed with
1: Tarana. Tarana. And who had, so... Who's
0: had a very weird offseason, too. They signed Bertuzzi and Max Domi, who... What, talk about a gruesome twosome right there. And Ryan Reeves. Reeves, like... Weird yeah. combination of players to sign. They have... Yeah, they got some tough dudes on the team, but... They have some tough dudes, but will... I mean, is that enough to put them over the top? Because it's just a weird mix. I don't think it's going to work, but I don't know. Detroit, however... They just made a big trade. They traded for DeBrinket from the Ottawa Senators, and then the the Senators were leaking info to the local reporters, saying like, "Yeah, he only wanted to go to Detroit." I find yeah. that very hard to believe. Well, so
1: DeBrinket's from Michigan, so like that's not hard. Like it is possible
0: that he was just like, "Yeah, I just want to go home." I guess so, but like. You're telling me that if, like, the Colorado Avalanche came a-calling or, like, the Tampa Bay Lightning, you would have been like, no, no, I don't want to play for two of the best teams well, in the league. yeah, yeah. But or like,
1: Boston. All of a sudden, like, you look at this Red Wings team, and, like, they got Dylan, excuse me, Dylan Larkin, Alex DeBrinckit now, uh, Andrew Cobb he put up some good numbers in Winnipeg. Uh, JT Comfer, I think, is one of the more underrated signings that people aren't talking about, like, I, people sleep on G- I like JT Comfort a lot. Um, he's 28, um, and he's he's like a good two way guy. I've always been a fan of JT Comfort. Um, his sister is really good too. Um, played for USA, Team USA at the Olympics. Um, wow! But then they brought in Daniel Sprong and Jane Goss. and it's just like, ah, oh, they they got some nice little players there.
0: They got some nice players. I. I don't know like does this bring them anywhere close to the playoffs? I really have no idea. I really like to prank it. Most Cider's fantastic. That's He's a, incredible, a, yeah. Hell of a player for them. But like I don't know. Like it's another weird mix. I'm curious to see what they do. I really am. Yeah. No, it's going to be it's going
1: to be a really interesting team to watch during the season. Like Detroit's going to be interesting. Who else is going to be? Let's let's kind of. I kind of want to go on a rundown and see. Like now that we know who's where, I think the most interesting teams to watch would be, of course, Toronto, because they're Toronto. Just, they're doing everything, everything in the world. They're doing it. I don't understand how they have cap space. I don't either. But I'll tell you what, dude. Like, Toronto is going to be interesting, not just because like on paper they should be good, but like all of their best players are very close to it. Like, so Austin Matthews has not resigned yet. And like, everyone keeps saying, Oh, he's going to resign in Toronto, but like he hasn't done it yet. And until it happens, like I wonder, you know, like with him being American and he, cause you know how crazy the Toronto fan base is about like an American. Um, oh, yeah. wearing like a letter on their chest. Uh, look what they did to Phil Kessel. Um, but like, Austin Matthews has, like, he he's a UFA in 24-25. I'm sure he's going to resign, but, like, I still need to see it. John Tavares only has two years left on his contract. Mitch Marner has two years left on his. William Nylander, I am not sure what
0: if he's going to be back. Like, I don't know what's going to happen with him. I feel like they need to part ways with him. I, I think it would be good for him and good for the team. Like, it just... It just feels like it needs to happen. And yeah. it's a shame for Toronto if that happens, but I don't actually feel pity for Toronto ever.
1: No, of course not. But it's just, it's a really interesting team. Like, because if they perform poorly, if Austin Matthews isn't, you know, if he hasn't re upped in Toronto and then they're bad, like, you know, midway through the season, like, is he going to want to re sign? Or what about William Nealy? Like what's gonna happen with him? Are they gonna trade him before the season? Do they like do they even know if he wants to come back? Right. It's a big question.
0: Yeah. There's it's a really Toronto's a wild team. They really are. And they're usually a pretty wild team, but now they have new management and they have already started changing stuff and hopefully they make some foolish mistakes and I don't know, Danny Breer can take advantage. That'd be nice. That would be fun. So far, he's
1: done a—I'd say Danny's been doing a pretty uh, pretty solid job in his first
0: off season. I've been happy with Danny so far. I really have. Uh, you know, a lot of this depends on the trade deadline next year and then, you know, how he starts to build his eventual NHL roster. This is a real long game of valuation. But I feel like it was a good start, even though that, that Kevin Hayes trade kind of sucks.
1: Right, yeah. But, like— we saw a lot of players kind of get swapped for nothing. So like it's yeah. not, yeah. It yeah, it's, it's definitely it's... disappointing for sure, but
0: I guess it could have been worse. What I really hate is how good of an off season the New Jersey Devils have had. Oh dude, like the De- I got a feeling the Devils are going to be really good.
1: For like Because they, they've a just while. made
0: killer sightings. I mean, they locked down Timo Meyer for an eight-year deal at an eight-point-eight million cap hit. They've already got Jack Hughes locked down for eight million, which is a, a steal. That an is absolute steal. That kid's going to win a heart. He uh, he could, and like I think he is. I really think he's going to. Well, it depends on you know Connor McDavid because he is Connor McDavid. But like he's he's at least going to be nominated for a heart. Oh yeah, yeah. Like he especially with the cap going up significantly over the next
1: two years, like eight million is nothing. Like that is a that is a Nathan McKinnon type like cake. You know? I yeah. mean, that's just a gift from him. Um They got but, Tyler Tofoli. Yeah, they got Tofoli. As if they didn't signing. have enough goal scoring already. Yeah, they got plenty of goal scoring. The thing all right, so here's the thing with T.M.O. Meyer though. Like, it's not like he blew the doors off in the playoffs. Like I feel like he could potentially end up being a not very good player for the for the Devils. Well, I and certainly hope so. That is banking on a very small sample size, but like from what we saw from him, it was just like he he was he, it's I don't know. Got to see a little more from Timo Meyer, but I, I'm sure he's going to be fine. But I don't know, just something to think about. But yeah, I don't know. They brought in some good players, like they got Colin Miller now. I've always liked Colin Miller. Back when he was in Vegas, I thought he was great. Um, I don't know. I And now they have Luke Hughes coming up. So they have both Hughes brothers uh, rip to uh, Quinn. Quinn's, <laughs> Quinn's over in Vancouver toiling away. Uh, RIPD Quinn. Yeah. it's And then Dawson Mercer is still coming into his own. Like, they got a good – they got some really – the big thing with the Devils now is like what are they going to do with goalie? Because, like, Akira Schmidt was, like, that sensation in the playoffs. But, like, he didn't end up being much of anything towards the end there. And then Vitek Vanacek, like, he's not the guy, we don't think. So, I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting. Also, I just learned, Corey Schneider has one more year left of being
0: paid and dead cap. Wow. Now, that's a legitimate shock from me. I actually had no idea that was the case. Corey Schneider... What a a guy who just hung around forever, had a, a great pedigree at a certain point, and then just was absolutely nothing. Yeah. Like,
1: he, I thought he was going to be one of the best goal. Like, there was a point where he was regarded as, like, one of the better young goalies in the NHL.
0: Was it the seventh overall he was traded for? I don't know. It was something like that. It was a pretty high draft pick. And I remember when that happened going, the goddamn Devils have done it again. And I thought that was going to be it. And no, that it didn't work out for them. You know what's crazy about the Devils? Like, they're still not even close
1: to, like, they still have more good prospects to come. Like, they still have Alexander Holtz, Nolan Foote, Simone Nemich. Like... Oh. God, Nemich. <laughs> they have
0: good players. Because Nemich was like... the guy, like, we talked a lot about the Flyers getting Nemich in that draft. And the Devils ended up taking him. Yeah. It's it, <laughs> crazy.
1: They're they're going to be good for a, a while. It's, it's kind of infuriating that they've pulled this off so well. It's
0: extremely, that is my number one, like, worry, is that the Devils are going to be very good for a very long time in this division. They also got very lucky.
1: Oh, they've gotten extremely and lucky,
0: and it can't be stated enough how lucky they and the New York Rangers have gotten over the past yes. few years. Now, the Islanders are a weird one. Like, the Islanders are a team that really seems to be doubling down on their in-house talent, and it's like, does Lou realize he's probably not going to be here? Like, what what is going on with the Islanders? <laughs> Dude, I don't know. I
1: don't know what the Islanders are doing. Like, I feel like they are—are are we just going down the entire
0: Metro? I'm just naming teams that I think have had interesting off seasons, frankly.
1: Yeah. And I
0: think the Islanders had a an interesting one in the wrong direction.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. The, the Pierre Engvall contract is an interesting one. It's kind of like the Scott Lawton contract where, so he signed for seven years at 3 million per. So like not a bank. big cap hit, but like a ton of, a ton of term. So, I don't that's know. just and, some job
0: security right there.
1: Honestly, yeah, it really is. But yeah, I don't know. They're they're a weird team. I I don't I never know what to expect from the Islanders year in and year out. But like I feel like as long as they have Ilya Sorokin, like they're gonna have a shot at being competitive, just because he's so goddamn good.
0: Yeah, but they have so many long term contracts. I mean. Ryan Pollock's got uh seven years left. Uh Adam pellock has got six years left. Barzal's got uh eight years left, Horvat's got eight years. Well, Barzal's good though. Oh, and all these guys are I mean, most of these guys are good. Not all these guys, but like Horvat's very good too. But it's just like they have so many guys under contract for so long. And I don't know, it's like not a team that, you know, they're not a very impressive team to start with. So I, like, are they going for it? Are they just, like, content to be in the middle? Like, what is this team? Yeah. Sounds familiar. It does. It really...
1: Sure does, Steve. Yeah. It's it's an interesting team. The Flyers, like... The thing with them is... I feel like they... The good thing about the Flyers is, like, a lot of the players with, the, like, the long-term, they are, like, younger. So, like, there's a chance that they can be, like, moved. But the Islanders, most of their players are super old. Like, really old. And they have term. Well, actually, let me refer They're not super old now, but, like, by the time their term expires, they will be very old. Whereas, like, you look at Travis Sanheim, I don't think he'll be that old. Oh, well, actually, no, because he's 27. I keep forgetting how old Travis Sanheim is. I still think of him as, like, a small child. <laughs> and he's not
0: but not tremendously old but like oldish yeah yeah certainly hockey old right but
1: but aside from him like all, the contracts are like not that bad like maybe you could trick a team into trading for Rasmus miss in one day joel <laughs> Faraby, joel Farabee, like he wasn't great last season but we know he's better than what he was last year and he's only twenty three, and he yeah. only has five years left on his contract.
0: Frankly, Farabee's a guy I don't even want to trade because I think the Flyers can be good in like three, four years, and Farabee could be right in his prime at that point. Like Farabee's a guy right. I think is along for the ride at this point, and I'm very comfortable with that. But if you look over, so how old is TK at this point? Well, TK is twenty six. Twenty six. So TK's in his prime. These are his prime years. So TK's a guy you look at maybe trading away and I, it breaks my heart to say that, but like it makes a lot of sense for the direction of this team. Trade deadline. Trade, Trade deadline, deadline or That's... even the draft next year. I'm, I'm cool with either. Yeah. I I won't be stunned if he's playing
1: for a different team or if his rights belong to a different team this time next year.
0: And you could say the thing, same thing about Scott Lawton. I mean, Scott Lawton love him to bits, but he's 29 years old and He's a guy that every team could use. And I think I'll be honest trade deadline pickup
1: the flyer. Like if the rumors are true that the flyers were offered a first round pick for Lawton, I don't think they're, I I think they keep on, I think they keep him. I don't know about
0: that rumor though. I I didn't, I don't know about that rumor. Uh,
1: I, it, that's just something that I believe, I think it was Elliot Friedman or someone tweeted that, um, or not tweeted, but like reported that. But I'm telling you, like, it just seems to me that I feel like they want someone around for the young guys. And like Lawton is a perfect guy to be like, you know, kind of like what I was saying about Mark Stahl. Like Lawton is a good locker room veteran guy who's like always going to be there for the young guys when they're going through it. And I think they realize that and I think they want to keep him around for that exact reason.
0: Somebody offers me a first for Scooty Loots. So I'm packing his bags for him. Oh, no, me
1: too. Me too. But <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like the Flyers just think that for their rebuild, they put so much value into having a player like Lawton around to make the the young guys feel good and be be nice to the young guys. Like I feel like they put a lot of value in that and that's why they haven't traded him. Because if if he wasn't a if he wasn't an incredible
0: leader, he would have been traded. Perhaps, perhaps. I. But the thing about that rumor is, was that under Chuck Fletcher that they refused that or under Danny Breer? I believe under Breer. Okay, okay. That's, they I mean, really that's a like lot. Yeah, they okay. love him. Ah, well, you know, I'm not the one rebuilding a hockey team, so I guess I can't. Say too much, but that seems a little absurd to me. But hey, whatever, whatever. This is a three to four year process. Who cares? And that's again, this goes back to
1: what you were talking about earlier like, literally nothing matters the next two years. Like, things will start to matter in 2026 when Matt Famishkov gets here and he will be here. I hope so. And also, also, please God, if you're listening, don't take any of these tweets. You're seeing from these crazy people on Twitter, serious about Matvey Mishkov coming sooner or later or whatever it's going. Like, chances are. You are you telling
0: me that Twitter is an unreliable place?
1: I am telling you, Steve, that Twitter is perhaps a cesspool.
0: Shocking. That's that's gotten only worse in the past year.
1: Yeah, shocking. I know, but don't like. If you see a tweet about Matvey Mishkov, do not, just don't trust it unless it's from an absolute, no doubt about it, reputable source. That's all I can say.
0: I, I would think that in general. Like, I know it's fun to read rumors from every, whichever source you see on Twitter, but don't take that all with the thinnest of grains of salt there because it's all bullshit unless, like, Uncle Bob's coming out of retirement, Bob McKenzie, Elliot Friedman, like... Even Darren Traeger, who is not quite the force he used to be in the rumor mill, but, you right, know, he yeah. still is uh, plenty of reputable sources. Like, just make a list, okay? Make a proper Twitter list. Follow that list. Don't look at anybody else, okay? Just yep. follow, get, get some reputable sources. Follow those. Don't take anything too seriously if it is from guy you just heard of yesterday who... I don't know, just started a blog you've never heard. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, if you've never heard of the guy, there's probably a reason.
1: Yeah. Like, don't just, please, God, do yourself a favor. Don't get your hopes up or don't get too depressed when you see a tweet from some random person saying, hearing Matvey Mishkov won't be coming to the end. Like, because chances are it's not true.
0: Chances are it's not true. But for sure. There's a lot of bullshit out there. And with Twitter, especially right now, there is just an exceptional amount. But folks... Speaking of Twitter and that cesspool, unfortunately, it is still the best place to find us for feedback. It's just uh, awful. I'm trying. I'm hoping Blue Sky. I don't know. Soon. I got my Blue Sky, but I'm not doing it. Maybe threads.
1: Thread, baby, Thread. I'm not threading it. I can't. I can't do it. I got Thread, and it's just it's it's Twitter, but nothing's happening on it.
0: The only and that's what Blue Sky is too. Blue Sky is Twitter almost exactly but there's nothing happening. Nobody's on there. It's I want, it I'm to hoping,
1: I'm hoping that that'll change. I'm hoping that like, as people get invited, cause right now you can only go to blue sky if you get invited. Right. So I maybe like, I couldn't even get
0: a, I couldn't even get my own invite to invite flyperbole on there. I created my own personal one for SD But but uh, uh-huh. I wasn't, I couldn't even get an invite for flyperbole on top of that. So I'm like, okay, great. I'll just sit here for now, but eventually blue sky, I'll have both of those registered. But uh, for now, yeah, you got SD Bomb on there, and uh, still on Twitter, still at Flyperboli, still at SD Bomb, and you're still at Ryan Quiggs, right?
1: Ryan Quiggs at the Z. That is correct.
0: The old Z over there, Ryan Quiggs with the Z. Quiggs, you got anything to push for your work on the hockey news or Broad Street Hockey or any of that?
1: Uh, we are starting at right here at broadstreethockey.com. We are starting a fun little project that you can check out throughout the off season and perhaps into the season too. I don't know if we're going to do it into the season, but basically we're doing like a little music club. So I know you may have seen our, our little book club stories kind of hanging around. And now we're doing music where basically someone in on the site listens to music or recommends an album and everyone listens to it and reacts to it. And it's, I'm really excited about it. So yeah, keep a lookout for that.
0: Yeah. That's all your brainchild too.
1: Yeah, I'm excited about it. This is, it's going to be a fun little off-season thing.
0: Love it. Love weird off-season content. Big fan of that. I If I had more time, I would be pumping out more of that. I simply do not. It's the house and the puppy. It's It's been so much. And the full-time job and the podcast, you know, it's a lot going on. Uh, at some point, I will be finishing up. I, I've been d- working on uh, doing some film stuff with uh, Jason, over on BSH though. So we've been, we watched every Spielberg movie we hadn't seen before at a certain point before the Fablements came out. And it's been a little bit since I started this project, but I have to put the finishing touches on it. So at some point we're going to have a write up on the Spielberg movies. And then I think we wanted to write something about like Chris Nolan and a bunch of other famous filmmakers. I think Marty Scorsese. So that's a project we're working on. Look out for that at some point, but Rob Zombie, yeah, Rob Zombie. I'm just going to watch his Halloween remix, which are terrible. Mm. And his. I'll just go into the alternate dimension to find his uh, Broad Street Bullies movie. That's the way. That is, that this is the, is the way. way. This is the way right there. So it's Ryan Quiggs. It's Estee Bomb. It's Flyperbally. Follow BSH Radio. Follow Broad Street Hockey. Uh, I'm on TikTok, Flyperbally, on Instagram, Flyperbally. It's all there. It's not being used as much as it should be, but it's being used nonetheless. I posted a great picture, uh, video of uh, Brucey Boy chasing a hockey stick the other day, so that was a fun one. But that's the kind of content you might be seeing there. I don't know. But folks, I'm running out of steam. I gots to go. And before I go, I have to mention this real quick. This show was presented by Bet Online, so huzzah for Bet Online. There you go, folks. Until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and Good hockey. Wow, 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 wow,